Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Serial Killers Around the World. My name is Annette and in my podcast I discuss exactly that, serial killers around the world. On today's episode I will talk about a serial killer who lived in Burundi, which is a country in East Africa. Thought I'd start with an obscure serial killer and go into depth about this particular murderer and what type of a personality is known to target children. Uh, today's serial killer is Ivamoku Bakusuba. I'm sure I am slaughtering that, no pun intended. He lived in the Republic of Burundi, a country in East Africa, as I stated above. The neighbors to Burundi include Rwanda, Tanzania, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The population is estimated at just over 13,130,000 people. I, I think I said that wrong. And the vast majority of this population is Hutu. As a side note, their form of government is a republic with two legislative bodies, the Senate and National Assembly. While this country may not have a lot of serial killers, it has suffered greatly due to ethnic conflict between the Hutu and the Tutsi people. In 1959, during the First World War, Germany lost its colonial power over Burundi and the Belgian administration took possession. In that same year, the Hutu killed hundreds of Tutsi and displaced thousands. This led to serious ethnic tensions and a death toll between 5,000 and 50,000 people after local revolts took place by Hutu people against several Tutsi leaders. Since its independence in 1962, Burundi has sparked much violence between the Tutsi minority and the Hutu majority. The most recent civil war between these two tribes ended in 2006. But please note, my information might not be 100% accurate, so if there are any mistakes, feel free to provide me with feedback. Thank you. Uh, Burundi's main exports include coffee and tea, so if you've had a cup of coffee or tea made from beans and leaves in the Burundi region, I hope you've enjoyed it. All right, well, let's begin. Eva Moku confessed to killing more than 67 children during his reign of terror in the 1940s. He targeted mostly poor children for reasons unknown other than he was also poor. There isn't much to report about him other than his arrest took place in 1944 and his suicide sometime between the late 40s and early 1950s. His method of killing children was by strangulating them with a bedsheet. And the only account of the story comes from a former 78-year-old police officer by the name of Marcy Inbe. There's very little information about him on the Great World Wide Web, so there's not really much to provide. We don't know why he killed children and can only speculate. Maybe he suffered abuse at the hands of his parents or caretakers as a child, and as a coping mechanism, mechanism turned his fantasies into the macabre realm. I'm glad that not everyone who suffers abuse as a child turns into a serial killer, or we would be in a real serious trouble. And he obviously had a preferred method of killing, which is strangulation with a bedsheet. Uh, we don't know why his preferred weapon consisted of a bedsheet, but perhaps he suffered some sort of abuse by his parents in which, you know, uh, it was with a bedsheet or a bed was involved. Uh, if it's true, then this really blows my theory that people are born serial killers and, and not created. 
So since there's little information about him, let's talk about what type of person becomes a serial killer of children. According to a 2015 article in Psychology Today, a study found that children younger than five are usually killed by a family member, and children over that age are usually killed by a stranger or someone outside of the family. The two subsets of offenders are those with sexually sadistic urges, and the other subset falls into the general killer category to avoid apprehension and not specifically for sadistic gratification. Uh, children between the ages of 13 and 17 are killed by either a close friend or stranger, and it is usually a sexually motivated crime. Child serial killers tend to show brain deficits, which include low levels of frustration, and according to Science Daily, people who only kill children tend to be impulsive, have a lower IQ, and often medical mental illness, which, you know, duh, I don't think mentally healthy people kill children or adults. Uh, they also prefer manual methods, methods when killing children, as a killer we discussed in this episode. And, you know, he certainly fits this profile. Okay, well, let's put a little bit of a spin on this and talk briefly about birth order and victim selection in serial killers. The information I am providing was derived from a dissertation by Jennifer Butler from the Chicago School of Psychology. Jennifer, I hope you're having a very successful career as a psychologist. Ms. Butler used the Alfred Adler theory of birth order in her dissertation, uh, in which Mr. Adler theorized that certain personality traits are based on their birth order. He also stated that a person's birth order may have a different process than their younger or elder siblings when it comes to thinking about and solving problems. Ms. Butler also states that the children who are diagnosed with certain personality disorders and treated for the disorder stand a better chance of growing into nonviolent adults. That being said, those who do not receive treatment may grow up to become a serial killer. Adler theorized that firstborn children get the most attention. You know, being the first kid is exciting for first-time parents, and they usually grow up to be hardworking, healthy adults. And then we have the middle kid, who unfortunately feels they have to compete for attention since the parents have got, usually gotten over the initial excitement of having kids, and, and they're probably tired from being parents. So it is speculated that these kids have a victim mentality type of thinking and feel like they are treated in a less loving manner than their older sibling. And then, of course, we have the youngest child, who is usually spoiled due to being the youngest, the baby of the family. There are numerous theories as to what motivates a serial killer and how they choose their victims. This seems odd to me, but one of the hypotheses is that people with psychotic tendencies will pick their victim based on body language. For example, it may be the way their victim walks. If the victim exhibits vulnerability while walking, the serial killer will see this person as an easier target. So take note, everyone, please walk with confidence. Then we have two categories of types of victims. We have low-risk victims and high-risk victims. Low-risk victims are less likely to put themselves into dangerous situations intentionally, while high-risk victims like prostitutes, runaways, drug addicts, etc. live a reckless lifestyle and are often unaware of their own personal safety risks and put themselves into dangerous uh, situations with their risky behavior. 
So, which child is more susceptible to becoming a serial killer? Well, there's two, the middle or eldest child. So, there you go. I mean, if you're a middle or eldest child, um, I hope you're not a serial killer. And if you have uh, three children and uh, the middle and eldest child, I hope they're healthy uh, children that grow into healthy adults. Well, I could go on and on about this for a very long time, but I don't want to put my listeners to sleep, so I will end this podcast here. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will come back. Stay safe, and please be kind to others.